Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 56, where Ruben Remontada will be televised. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. Jack, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm not not too bad, mate. Disappointing result yesterday, but I think at the end of the day, we're one point one point off Liverpool. We've played City, Arsenal, Spurs, and Liverpool, so I think we're we're still right up there, and we're still going to be in this title challenge this season. So can't be too too disappointed. No, exactly, exactly. We'll kind of get on to sort of more ins and outs of that a bit later on. But returning to the podcast is Dane Whittle. Now, Dane has been on before. You might remember him when he was on with our good friend Dean Mears last season. But now we've got Dane for a solo one-on-one. Uh, Dane, before we start, as always with guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. And obviously, you know, you're part of a Chelsea fan cast. You appear on the show. Sometimes you run the Instagram page. But you're also now, you know, teaming up with Dean uh, as sort of, with them went to Mo King's Meadowpod. So when you tell people where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find, you know, the fan cast and obviously the went to Mo King's Meadowpod that you're now a part of. Yeah, hi everyone. Yeah, uh, pleasure to be back on again. I'm on Twitter at DWIT9 and obviously I do a bit of this and a bit of that for the Chelsea fan cast, run their Instagram page and obviously Chidge, who everyone knows as the podfather, has a schedule and there's about a good 14 of us. So we uh, probably get on the Chelsea fan cast about two or three times a month. If we're lucky, uh, and uh, Dean, obviously very interested. Dean Mears, very interested in in the, the women's team. Decided to do like a, a sister podcast, all about their great women's team under Emma Hayes, and he's been doing it for about probably a good year. And then I don't know if it was likely to me or our friendship, where he actually thinks I might be able to add something good. But he, he invited me on and said, uh, you know, I think we would be really good to for three of us, you know, for the for the chat and moving forward. Uh, he's talked to Jane and she thought it was a good idea. So it was a pleasure, you know, it was an honour to uh, to be invited on regularly. I've done one show. I'm going to do one show later, but it just means I get to dive into women's football a lot more and uh, learn a lot more. I was, I was quite knowledgeable about it. Anyway, I always have been, but you know, it, now Dean's given me that, that that chance. You know, I'm going to take it with both hands and really, really delve into it and dive into it. Try to do yeah. the best I can. No, exactly. And obviously, the Chelsea women are playing Manchester United today, so that's a big game in the WSL. And obviously, you can look out for that podcast when it is out sometime this week. And yeah, all those links will be in the description. Make sure you check them out. Obviously, the fancast are great. Dean's pod is brilliant, and yeah. You know, we're very, very grateful for Dane, but he always whacks out pods on on the Instagram story as well to help us get us out there that bit more. So it is very much appreciated. When you remind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Before we get into the disappointment that was Manchester City, I'm going to sort of start on a slight positive, which was the Carabao Cup midweek. You know, there were wholesale changes, a Malang Saar debut, 
Ruben Loftus-Cheek got a first start. And that's kind of, I guess, where I want to focus on Dane. You know, we kind of saw, obviously, off the bench against City yesterday. Again, he had another positive impact. But it's actually been sort of, I guess, in what was, you know, a bit of, I guess, an underwhelming week for Chelsea in many ways. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has probably been the biggest positive to come out of this week. Yeah, well, we can't say the second coming, can we? Was it the third, fourth, fifth or sixth, seventh coming of, of, of Ruben? Yeah, you know, it's hard with, with, with Ruben. You know, he, he most of us, I, I don't hear anyone say bad things about him. You know, we've got a soft spot for him. You know, we've been watching him from his youth days and we've always wanted him to succeed. It was also quite hard watching him at Fulham last season. But I'm sure it was Jody Morris who said, you know, you know, don't 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 bank on everything you're seeing with Ruben because he he's never been in that position where he's uh, having to try and perform in a team which is really struggling and uh, in a relegation fight. And he maybe some players you just can't rely on, and he's he's never experienced that. Uh, I think it was tough for him, and I think a lot of us probably thought that might be the end for him. But he's come back. Good on him again because he's he's said, okay, I'll give it another go with another manager because he could have easily said, you know what, I can't keep on doing this. I'm, I'm 24 or 25. But he's given it a go. Tuchel has said some nice things about him. You know, Jesus Christ, if you're getting uh, praised and likened to to Michael Ballack, then, well, you can't get much better praise than that. And, you know, he's he's had little opportunities. Apparently, he looked really good in training and he was going to be involved. Then he got COVID, unfortunately. But you're right, he... he he, he looked really good on Wednesday, really impressive. The old Ruben, he looked like he's got a, a yard of pace back again, two yards of pace. He was getting away from people because uh, what I saw at Fulham, he wasn't getting away from them. They, they were tackling him. He looked fresh. He was spreading the ball. He, he seemed to have lost a little bit of his eye in front of goal because that was one thing about Ruben before, especially under Sarri. You know, he, he liked a goal and he got himself in some good positions. He looked really dangerous, but... So going back to the Fulham Fulham loan last season, he he struggled in front of goal, but yeah, very impressive, Ruben, and, and soft spot as I said, and I, I hope he gets an, an, another proper chance to have a go at it because these little opportunities he has got, he's taken with both hands. Yeah, no, exactly. It's been really nice. To say bit of an under one week, you know, the Villa Carabao Cup game was sort of just a matter of getting the job done, and we got it done. And then obviously yesterday was a disappointment, but Ruben Loftus Cheek. Was a standout. Jack, I guess another standout from midweek. Our penalty hero, our penalty specialist, still making a name for himself now, Kepa Ariza Balaga. Um, he's now most saved in penalty shootouts for Chelsea, overtaking the great Petr Cech. So, you know, a nice little... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think that probably says more about Petr Cech's, you know, not great penalty record in all his time <laughs> with us, but he saved the most important ones when it mattered in Munich. So we don't really care about that big Pete, but... Again, just a nice little one for Kepi, you know, sort of building on, you know, a, a, a solid showing last week when he stepped in for Spurs, for Edouard Mendy, and then just continuing yeah. in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, definitely. Boosting his confidence again, it just keeps, seems to keep rising. And I I think he honestly saved us in that Villa game. There were points in that second half where I thought Villa were really getting on top of us and and had chances to 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 go and win the game because of because of some woeful defending from us but he he was the the mainstay in the back of the defense there and made some important saves you saw him proper shouting at people like when people were making mistakes that's what you want to see from your goalkeeper and then yeah with the penalties we've seen him do it seen him do it in the super cup seen him do it against frankfurt to get us to the europa league final He's just he's just brilliant at, the, at saving penalties. He 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 thrives off just getting into people's heads, basically at the the uh, by the P spot, and then um, and then just saving them. So yeah, it was brilliant from him. And like you said, Nick, we just one of those games where we didn't play that well, but we got the job done, and we're we're into the into the hat for for the next round with sixteen teams left. So. Always fine with the league cup. It's, it whittles down so quickly, and we're you're almost almost in the quarterfinals already. So we've got a decent decent tie against Southampton, and fully expect us to go through that as well. Yeah, obviously, Daniel. I guess Timo Werner got that his sort of first start since Palace, and we act. I mean, you know, Timo Werner gets to celebrate a goal in front of fans at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, you know, he's he's not had that opportunity beforehand. But again, just a nice little confidence booster. For him as well, you know, and it was sort of that, you know, crossing from the right side from Aspi, or well, in this case, Reese James, 
uh, and variables to head home. Just a nice little confidence boost for for Timo Werner. Yeah, yeah, we need we need Timo firing on all cylinders. I know he hasn't been given much of a chance uh, this season under Tuchel, and there was a little bit of a seemed like there was wires crossed because you know Tuchel said one thing about oh, you know, he's free now. Like, literally, that he'd been holding him back or something. He's free and, and, and he looks fresh. But then then Werner was saying how frustrating it was. So, a bit mixed signals there. But, yeah, no, he, he scored. It doesn't matter. You know, he, he scored in the international break. He scored three times. And then he obviously comes and he's, he's back on the bench. He looked quite lively against Tottenham uh, for the brief, the brief 15 or 20 minutes. Do you have 25 minutes? And then, yeah, you know, he, he can't do any more. You know, the strikers had to score goals. He's always... He always is, gets his pace to, you know, get him out of sticky situations. And, you know, we all know defenders hate pace. And uh, he, he made some good runs, you know, he was dangerous runs, you know, left, right, pretty central. And he got his goal, which is should be a, a confidence booster for him. Hopefully it is because, you know, I know, sorry, stepping forward to Man City, but I quite liked it with, uh, with, with when he was up top with Havertz, Lukaku and Werner. I thought they looked, they did look dangerous uh, without obviously making any chances or getting any chances. But, you know, if you've got Werner, Havertz and Lukaku firing on all cylinders, then, you know, it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, I check. Final point I just want to make on the Carabao Cup game before we move forward to see, I guess, was a, a nice moment for Reese James slotting home the winning penalty. He actually obviously had, you know, a good game. He'd obviously had a difficult week, as we know, you know, off the field, you know, unfortunately, the Zenit game house got broken into, um, you know, I think his med, some of his medals got stolen. So that was a real, you know, just real, real sucker punch. But he came back into the side, obviously didn't feature against Spurs last weekend, came back inside, had a goal line clearance against Villa and then slide the winning penalty. And again, just nice for him, I guess, to just give his confidence a little bit, bit of a boost after, I guess, a tough week for him. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's what good players do, bounce back from adversity. And yeah, that can't be easy, um, especially especially your medals for a Champions League and, and Super Cup and, and a Euros runner-up medal. The, those are things he's worked for since he was six, seven years old. And... And yeah, basically he's devoted his life to to football to win things like that, and to have them taken away from you is uh, is just disgusting. But yeah, brilliant from him. Great pen to slide at home. Um, I know how difficult it is taking penalties in a big cup game. So um, yeah, fair play to the boy. Stuck at home and and scored the winner and sent us through. Yeah, happy days, right? And then unfortunately he got injured twenty minutes into the Manchester City game. But that's where we're going to go to now. And Dane, it was, it was just, a, I think the most disappointing aspect of the game for, for me was, I think, the way we approached it. It was very much, it, it drew parallels to me of when we lost at home to Manchester City, when we were reigning champions about, you know, five or six games into our title defence under Antonio Conte, where we just set back. We let Man City have all the ball. We basically suffered for however long it was. And then City, you know, they did, although I don't think they created superb chances, they did eventually get that goal. And then unfortunately, and then it took us to go one nil down to actually start playing. It just kind of felt that given how we'd gone against them last year, we just were a bit, you know, too respectful and a bit too passive, would you say? Yeah, tough day at the office, you know. Uh, it's a shame because, what do they say, don't let 90 minutes spoil a good day at football. Uh <laughs> I, I had similarities when I was watching it to the 3-1 loss under Frank where, you know, we had all the pieces to, to, to really go at City and we sort of sat back and, yeah, blink and I think Foden ripped us to shreds that day. Uh, you blinked and we were 3-0 down. I think Callum Hudson-Odoi got a late a consolation goal. Yeah, I'm not too despondent. As I said, you both off air. You know, if you think how well we did in the previous three games against them, you know, Man City still went on to win the league. Uh, they still look great now. You know, Pep wasn't, w- wasn't worried, you know, so we shouldn't really be worried. Tuchel's a very intelligent man. Uh, you would have learned something definitely from that yesterday. Uh, he's, he's, uh, after the game, you know, his words were, were, were really encouraging. He's very honest. But you're right. I just, you know, it was like we was, I thought, well, you better change something because they're going to score in a minute. But I suppose whilst... We were in it. It was still nil-nil. Our defenders were, were, were amazing. I, I do believe that in a big game against the Man City or Liverpool, if you're going with wing-backs, you need Reese, and you need Chilwell. I didn't think it was uh, one of Alonso's better, better games for us. I think he struggled. He struggled to get the balls in. You know, he was 
bit of a toy time down defending as well. I did think we were too deep, and I was like, well, you're either going to sacrifice a centre midfielder to put an extra attacker on, or you're just going to put Ruben on and, and stay the same. So it was encouraging when he did. Uh, you know, he, he took off Kante. Uh, he took off Jorginho. I think Jorginho a bit too late. You know, we all know his qualities. And, you know, he was getting suffocated in midfield. And, you know, when it happens, that's fine. We haven't got a problem because we know he can, he can really command some games. But if it's games like that, he's getting pressured, suffocated, then you just take him off, you know, no problem. So when they did that, and I've Havertz Werner, I thought Werner looked dangerous without looking like he was going to score, you know, some dangerous runs down the wing, some good balls into the box. But, you know, uh, Lukaku got absolutely snuffed out of the game, you know, the two centre-backs, Laporte and... Diaz, is it? Yeah. Diaz? Yeah, they was. It was like proper old school defending. I was really watching them. You know, they had their arms over him, giving him a pinch here or an elbow there and trying to make out their all innocence. But sometimes you should got to hold your hands up. Man City was, was, was very, very impressive. Their energy levels. I was hoping like Tottenham, are, are they going to run out of steam? But they never did. Uh, yeah, very impressive. Their whole defence. Cancelo really impressed me. Great modern day fullback, you know, right footed, left footed, can defend, gets up there, looks dangerous, looks like can score. Yeah, it was just one of those days. But as I said, I'm not too despondent. I think we've learned something from that, and uh, Tuchel definitely has. Yeah, Jack. Obviously, you know, there weren't many great performances out there. Probably aside from our from our back three, and then I guess Kovacic was okay second half, and Ruben impressed when he came on. Obviously, it was a tough day for Lukaku. Just you know, didn't ball didn't really stick. Albeit again, I don't think. He had much service. I think it was too, too, way too big a gap between our attack and midfield there. Mm. But I guess also you've just got to hold your hands up and say, fair play to City. You know, I, don't, I think City will play a lot better than they did. That's, you know, yesterday, by the way. And they probably, they should have won by more if it wasn't for Edouard Mendy. But you've also just got to say, fair play. You know, City showed why they're champions yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Literally was going to echo exactly what Dane said. And it, it just, like last week against Spurs, it, I just felt like in that first half, I, we were under the cosh, but I felt pretty comfortable and thought they're not gonna they're not gonna sustain this amount of pressure on us. They're gonna capitulate at some point and we'll get chances. Whereas yesterday, you just felt like Man City, the workhorse that they are, they just kept going, kept going, didn't give us any time, and and yeah, that 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 is why they're that's why they're the champions at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, we we just got to take it on the chin. We'll we'll learn a lot from that. Uh, Tuchel will get them get them working hard during tra- training this week. I know it's a quick turnaround for Juve, but get them working hard. And we just need to bounce back in the first game. That's what we don't want to happen. Is now go on some kind of losing streak and uh, lose all the mo- momentum that we've built up at the start of the season. So yeah, we just got to go into the next game with our heads high and. And we can we can definitely beat Juve. We can beat Southampton. So, yeah, let's just hope we can get back on on the winning trail. Yeah, no, exactly. Just one of those days where you just have to say we played a very, very good team. I just do think it. What I will say, I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on this. Is it a slight worrying trend that our first half performances tend to be quite poor, and then our second half performances improve quite a lot? Obviously, I'm just thinking back to, you know. Villa and the Carabao Cup, I didn't think first half we were very good. The second half we improved. Zenit in the Champions League, first half we weren't great. Second half we improved. Obviously Spurs last week, the first half we weren't very good. And then the second half we were superb. And it kind of feels like the last proper good first half we had was before the international break, i.e. you know, Liverpool before Reese gets sent off and all that, you know, crazy end of that first half. Then before that, you're probably looking at the Arsenal game where we had that game almost killed off inside the first half hour. So Dane, just wondering, is that, you know, any thoughts on, is it slightly worrying that our first half performances aren't you know quite quite there yet or is it you know still I guess been encouraging up to yesterday but we've still been grinding out the results yeah no I think you've got a point on 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 both sides I think it is a little bit not too worrying but you know little concern is something obviously you've noted and you've noticed and you know many other fans have noticed and uh he tends to like tweak it a little bit at, at half time like maybe puts us like 10 or 15 yards higher up the pitch I think he did might have done that against Tottenham I didn't see him tweak much yesterday. I couldn't work out, you know, only see so many new eyes can show you or tell you so much. And but yeah, it's what 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 concerned me most about yesterday was there was a massive gap in between the midfield and the forwards, and it seemed like we just wanted Lukaku to bulldoze his way through. Uh, once Reese went off, that we didn't have a lot of attacking options because, as I said, Alonso wasn't wasn't great. 
So I think it sometimes seems like we, we tried to uh, wear teams down. Uh, and if the first half is not going our way, then he just tweaks it for the second half. And then we can eventually, eventually find a way of getting past them. Because obviously, if you've got world-class players, they can produce magic moments like we saw with Lukaku in his, in his two finishes against, against Villa. Um, that's why you spend 100 million near enough on, on a striker because they were half chances at best. But you're right, if he's going to stick to this, this, you know, the wing backs and the three at the back, and it does take a little little bit toothless in attack, and it will take us a while like to grind down teams. So I can't see him changing formation, to be honest. So it's something we can keep an eye on. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to move on to the questions that we got sent in by our listeners. First one. Came in from Dean Mears. First question, why are you podcasting without me? Well, Dean, you were on the other week. Um, you also have, you know, nice, you know, new changes in your life. So we want to respect you and give you as much time. And we will get you back on the pod very soon. His second question, though, <laughs> kind of pertinent, more as what we were discussing. Are you excited about the reaction we will get from this team next time? Obviously, Jack, you were saying, you know, we now need to sort of see a reaction. We don't want to get a, a um, you know, go on a losing streak. So how excited are you now to sort of just see the reaction from this team? Because to be fair... This team, on the whole, has tended to bounce back sort of from any setback under Tuchel. Yeah, it'll be it will be interesting to see because we've seen that every time points in last season where we were dropping points in that in that tight top four race, and we seem to bounce back every time. So I'm sure we will bounce back. I think midweek there's got to be there's got to be changes there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Alonso fan. Yesterday I was getting very very frustrated with him on the pitch in the stadium. So. I think Chile's got to come in. Uh, I've said it long, long term. Chile is a much better football player than Marcus Alonso, and he should be starting in that team. So, hopefully, Chile can put in a better performance than he did against Villa, um, and really sort of stake a claim on on that fullback position. I think if Mason's fit, he comes back in. I think we clearly showed yesterday how much we missed someone like him. Everyone always rinses, everyone's saying about, oh, just his energy and all that. But it's so true. The the guy's pressing his energy and desire and, yeah, just the desire to win the ball is is so important in a team. It sets everyone else up to go and, to go and sort of mirror what he's doing and put in that extra effort. So I think Mason comes back in if he's fit. Um. Yeah, so I think a couple of changes are required, and then yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can bounce back quickly. And I think I think we should. Juve, you've seen how much they struggled at uh, the start of the season in the Serie A. No Ronaldo, they're not the team that they were a few years ago. So I fully expect us to go there and, and win three points. To be honest with you, fair enough. Then you know, next question comes in from RJ. It kind of links into you know what Joe was talking about, Mason. Man, his question is. Had Mount been available, how much of an impact do you think he would have had on the game and the end result? You know, obviously that was actually for now, but that's now officially the first time we have lost a game without Mason Mount starting. Albeit, you know, you can then say, well, look, you probably look deeper into the sense how many of those games, you know, were sort of lesser games, and this is probably the first big game he's missed. But I think it just kind of shows if anyone still out there doesn't think Mason Mount has an impact on this team that. We did miss him yesterday, and albeit I'm not convinced it actually changes the result a huge amount because I do think C were just superb. But I do think, you know, I don't think we necessarily see that as big a gap between the attack and midfield as we did yesterday if Mason's on that pitch. Yeah, no, he does link well in between, yeah, you know, in behind Lukaku and then in between the midfield. There's, you know, he, he, he the old cliche, you know, he fills spaces and pockets and he gets into really good areas. I know listen, we can have a show on Mason every single time and you'll always get the who likes him and who doesn't i saw a, i saw a uh, tweet this week about it's only like three assists in open play but oh, that's harsh when that's the, harsh open, the when, open play assist the very specific uh media yeah. you want to measure him in yeah well exactly that's harsh because he, he has put some really good balls into the box over the last like season season and a half and you know people are missing them there's not a lot more he can do uh, we, we all know his strengths. We know his weaknesses. He could score more himself. He should have scored in midweek. But yeah, I think I think for someone so young for us, he does make us tick. Uh, he was criticised recently. It might I can't remember what game it was that he didn't play well. He'd give the ball away. But again, he, he screens uh, situations. He screens areas defensively so well. 
Uh, he gets himself in really good positions for pressing, for defending. And I think we did miss him yesterday. I thought that after about half an hour, I thought he missed his little, you know, he, he, sometimes he, he feels like he's the heartbeat of the side. Uh, and I thought we did miss him. You know, I said Werner was drifting and drifting out, although, you know, to be fair, I did say that he did make some dangerous runs. But, you know, Mount is always looking, you know, Mount is always looking, you know, to spread the ball, to to try and find Lukaku. And I think we did miss him. Obviously, we'll never know if it will make a difference on the game. But, you know, even Tuchel said, you know, recently, you know, it, it was a shame. I think he said on Friday, if it was one day later, he would have played. He's very important to us. And we need to start looking at the people. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason why we we tweet on Twitter and managers are, are managers of these famous, brilliant clubs because they know a lot more than us. And that's not a down on us, but you've got so many people who rate him. All the best players in the world rate him. All the best managers in the world rate him. So just accept it. He's going to be in this team a long time and just support him. Yep, no, exactly. Couldn't have said it. Any better? Next question comes in from Travis, who goes, let's get very reactionary for the fun of it. What are your odds for Chelsea winning the Premier League title? How important is it to consider the difficulty of the opening schedule, but we're still right in the thick of it? Jack, obviously, we've now played four of the traditional top six with three of those games being away. Our up-and-coming fixtures are kind, albeit on yeah. paper, and those fixtures still do include a trip to Newcastle away, where we have not the greatest record, uh, it is safe to say. So, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not a betting man, so you know, odds to me are kind of, you know, useless. But uh, what, what, you know, what, I guess percentage chances would you say you give us still of, of winning the Premier League title, and how important is it to consider, you know, the tough start we've had? Uh, honestly, I still think uh, as long as we have a good response over the next couple of weeks and and um, pick up three points in the next three or four games to really get us back on and have that momentum swing back in our favour, I honestly think we'll be right up there I, I really do I think we've from yesterday was an off day but look at the end of the day we have played the champions of England whereas United were crap last week somehow won against West Ham they lost yesterday to Villa it's signs like that that are now I think making me think they haven't got enough to go to go and really go and win it whereas for us we've lost to the champions who are the best team in the league so what we we've we've played brilliantly in all the other games, like you said, we've played Arsenal, Liverpool, and Spurs away, and we've played City, and we're one point off the top. Well, unless Brighton wins, then go top, but they're not going to be there at the end of the season. So we're one point off the big boys, and I think we'll 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 seriously be right up there. I really do think we we've got a brilliant brilliant chance. So. Uh, in percentage terms, I don't know, 75, something like that. I really think we'll be up there for sure. I've got live odds if you want them. Go on, Dan. Go <laughs> on. So, Man City are evens, and surprisingly, we're still second favourites, 11 to 4. So, that's like just under 3 to 1. Liverpool are 7 to 2. Man United are 9 to 1. So, it's still, you know, I again, I. I can only say, keep saying it, you know, I'm not too disappointed. You know, I thought the last three games before Saturday against Man City, we've handled one of the best teams in Europe quite comfortably. And we've and, and we've 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 beat them on, on those three times. And yesterday, you know, Guardiola done his done his homework and done an excellent job on us. You just got to hold your hands up and say they were the better team. But as I said, Tuchel's gonna learn a lot from that. And yeah, we don't have to get too too disappointed yet. I think we'll we'll still be up there, there or thereabouts. I'm still confident and we'll bounce back like 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 Jack said, we will definitely bounce back and probably go. I mean, I fancy us for the winning in Turin on uh, on Wednesday. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'm quite confident we'll bounce back. And but yeah, if you're going to go odds, I think we're still. I'd say would I? I would have put us below Liverpool. I'd say Man City favourites, maybe Liverpool second favourites, and us just under Liverpool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I said last week after we beat Spurs, said you know. If we beat if we beat C and if we beat Spurs and we beat City, we'll have sixteen from six, and I think we'll win the league. But we didn't beat City, so you know I can refrain and I'll go. I still think we'll be there and in the mix. Um, next question comes in from Shyam. Uh, RLC was one of the two positives from that game, along with Mendy. Do you guys think uh, Tuchel should consider him as a serious option? for the big games now. And I guess, you know, and a similar question that came in from Ryan Osborne, do you guys think someone like Loftus-Cheek 
would have helped us stay were any positive to you i'm guessing maybe he's thinking you know with ruben had maybe had more time on the pitch or you know would have made uh more of an impact so jack you know do you think ruben should be considered you know as a serious option for some big games now or is it still a bit early days it's a difficult one because like we alluded to earlier he he's been the shining star of the, of the past week in the two games he was the best player for us yesterday to be honest and he only played 15 20 minutes um for for the for the big games i still think he'll he'll go back to he'll go back to a two and go for uh two of the three out of cover Jorginho and and Kante that that's just the issue for Ruben I think it's the quality in front of him is just going to be so difficult to break in but he's really knocking on the door for for someone who's had not many chances at all and not many minutes he's really shown to Tuchel that he can be he, he can be counted on and 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 he's there and ready if if, if called upon um when he came on against against Zenit for literally the two minutes or whatever, it just felt like a bit of a almost like a hand me down, throw it to him. Here, here's like a couple of minutes, but clearly from from the last two games that 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 wasn't the case, and that was really too cool. Seeing something in training that thinks he 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 can do a job for us, and I thought he was he was brilliant against Villa. The way he picked up the ball and, and drove with it, pushed us up the pitch, and Played some great crosses at a great break, some great balls out wide to people like Reese, and then yesterday as well, same again, coming on in a in a huge huge game against City, could have easily let the nerves get to him, but he was he was straight straight on the pitch, made some good passes straight away, got the confidence when Pop was going past people like no tomorrow, and and yeah he was he was brilliant, so I think he'll he's really yeah he's like I said he's really knocking on the door and. And I think he he will he will keep getting minutes if he keeps performing like this. I didn't understand that either, Jack. That that Zenit those minutes mm-hmm. against Zenit just didn't make sense. And like a token gesture too, like you yeah. said, oh, you might have performed well in training. There you go, you can have a couple of minutes. I thought it was a bit mm-hmm. disrespectful, but obviously not because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have said that he'd he'd been going a starring role in the cup against Villa. Yeah, and you know that's put a, put a thought in Tuchel's mind when he looks on the subs bench. We need something tomorrow, and he, he puts him on before a lot of other players. So he has stepped up. Looking at his games, you know, if he gets another ch- chance against sub against Juventus, Chelsea, Brentford, I don't know. I'd be looking to start him in the Champions League against Malmo, definitely in the Carabao Cup at some point about Southampton. But listen, he's given Tuchel something to think about, which is only good for him. Yeah, and, and I think he's definitely put himself as that fourth midfielder now, mm. based on those couple of performances, put himself ahead of, of that Sal, so... Oh, well, I was yeah, worried, you know, selfishly, I didn't want us to buy Saul. I thought, because again, you know, that, that oh, we've got Ruben, I'll give him another chance, you know, because we heard everything they were saying about him. So I thought it would muck him up, but clearly not. He's already stepped above nothing against Saul, but he's, you know, he needs to bed in. But he's, Ruben's obviously gone literally to the 12th or 13th man now, which is good for him. Yeah, no, as I did think now, you know, as it stands, Ruben lost to Sheik would be ahead of Saul in the pecking order. Uh, Next question comes in from Grifenvel's Jam. Do you think we have a lot to learn from this game? If so, what? You know, quite quite a broad, I guess, open question. But I guess, Jack, I guess the first thing for me is we can't play like we have done in recent games against an elite side like City. That was, I guess, my biggest takeaway. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we like you, like you said earlier, Nick, we've got to be wary of these of these slow starts that we're making and Yesterday, like we said, gave gave them too much too much time, too much respect. That whole half was was uh, down our end towards the towards the math yard in. So, <laughs> um, and I think they had something ridiculous. My dad said it's said on the TV something like seventy percent possession in that first half, and we're playing at home. It's a bit, yeah, almost almost a bit embarrassing kind of thing. So, yeah, it's lessons to be learned and just shown that. What what we need to what we need to improve improve on to to really go and and be up there with with those big boys um, and yeah at the end of the day they they were they were just a class above us yesterday really yeah, yeah I think I saw a question you know Tuchel still said in his you know, 
you know, afterwards, Doncic, you know, he obviously, you know, takes some of the blame for that as well, which I think is obviously always nice to see a manager take some accountability. It kind of, listen, he said that, you know, the players didn't almost, it was, which quite, this thing surprised me, he said some of the players, you know, they didn't really play like that. It was like full belief in what they were doing. You know, it wasn't this sense of like, you know, fully committing to, to what was sort of set out, which I found quite um, interesting. But I guess, what did you, what do you think the biggest things we sort of learned from this game were against uh, Man City? Well, whether you like Pep or not, he's an, he's a world class manager, and you know, as I said previously on, on this show, you know, we done a job on City three times before today. They done a job on us. They done their homework. It worked out. I did think there was a massive gap in between our our, our midfielders and and forwards. And I remember one time Werner run down the wing, and no one helped him. And it's sort of like he, he was he blew himself out of steam, and he lost the ball and. Jorginho Kovacic was both clapping him. I thought, why don't you freaking go and help him instead of clapping him? He had nothing on and he couldn't do anything. I just think, yeah, Tuchel's learned something again, uh, whether, they, whether they did sit too deep, whether they were worried. Sometimes manager sends them out with tactics and plans and then they just, they sort of go against it for some reason, the players. Uh, you know, they're worried because they, they, they did look very dangerous on the counter-attack. And as we alluded to earlier, a couple of times, they, they nearly broke and scored. It was only for magnificent defending from Thiago Silva and Rudiger. But yeah, yeah, I, they're going to learn a lot. And we've just learned that Man City are one of the best teams in Europe, which we, we already knew anyway. Yeah. Uh, we've got to capitalise as well. Like I thought yesterday, we had a few chances on the break, which... Having someone like Rom hold the ball up and then Werner making runs in behind the defence. And again, we've said this many times in the last few weeks, it's our final pass that just lets us down. Rom trying to play it through to Werner, people playing crosses too early, just the wrong weight on the ball. And that's what's what's yeah. killing us. That's where we, if we make that pass 100% accurate, we could have had chance, real like big chances to score yesterday and and get something from the game. So those are like little nitpick things that we we need to work on. Yeah, yeah we had no. no attacking threat, no attacking oh. threat. Uh, mm. the, some of the balls, as I said, Alonso was off once Reese went off. Jorginho and Kovacic wasn't finding the front two. Yeah, we, we were just lacking real, real good passing, which Mace could have mm. brought or if Havertz started or even Ziyech. But I don't think Ziyech will fit into this team. That's another story. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's a. I think the most frustrating thing is when even like Jorginho was like misplacing like fairly forwards, just straight passes that would just get picked off by City players. It was just, I just, you know, just an off day to be fair. And it was probably, you know, the worst, I think, you know, the worst performance we've seen so far this season. I don't think that's just because we lost. I just think because the levels this team are capable of, we were well below them yesterday. Uh, sort of, I guess, a quick follow up from us. Is this a game where Tuka got it completely wrong? I mean, it's completely wrong. A bit too harsh, Jack. You know, obviously, you know, last week we got asked about, you know, do we want to see a midfield three against City? You know, we, you know, mm. kind of said in big games, maybe it's not a bad option to go to because Mason had been struggling a little bit recently. You know, the front three of him, yeah. Rom and Kai hadn't quite been clicking as well in recent weeks. And the front three worked really, the midfield three, sorry, worked really well against Spurs. So did yeah, you I mean, get what... it completely wrong or is it just a case of, you know, just hats off to City. They were brilliant. And I thought Rodri in the middle of a park for them yesterday was superb. Yeah, he's 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 classed up. He's different gravy. So, I I mean, when I saw the team sheet come out, I thought I was happy with it. Well, after like we discussed last week, we could go with the three and Werner and Rom up front seemed like a good option against a team like City who play such a high line. Um, but yeah, it just it just it just didn't really work, did it? So, like we said as well last week, it was probably maybe a good time to give Mason a rest after performing not not to his like highest standards but yesterday showed like we said that, that we really really missed him and and he should be straight back in that team so yeah we we Tuchel got it wrong but I wouldn't say we got it completely wrong it was similar to like the Spurs game in the first half we we, we didn't quite get going and you kind of thought at the time could it be like Spurs last week everyone was speaking about it in the crowd and saying will we come out a different team in the second half just didn't quite work against someone of, of the highest quality. So hats off to City. They 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 were quality yesterday and, and deserved the points. I think that's that's how you've got to view it at the end of the day. Yeah, nah, fair enough. Fair enough. A final question comes in from Britt. Do you think a different structure and or lineup would have made a difference? Is there a player out who would have aided this side? I feel like you know we kind of already talked about you know <laughs> missing missing Mason. Do you think 
a different structure would have made a difference. Because I guess obviously this is the first time we kind of did start, I guess, with a 3 5 2 this season. You know, under two, we have tended to sort of play that 3 4 3 or 3 4 2 1, however you want to view it. And as I say, there was, you know, we've alluded to, there were quite big gaps between, you know, the attack and midfield. You know, Rom really struggled, I guess, you know, to be involved in the game. He was pretty just anonymous all day. Um, so, Jack, do you think a different structure and or lineup would have made a difference? I mean, I mean it's easy um, to say in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think we will predominantly be going back to that 3-4-3 three, three or 3, whatever you want to call it. We'll probably be going back to that most of the time. It's still an option. It's, it's shown that it can work against Spurs last week, so it's still there. But I think the 3-4-3 three, three is the way forward for this team. Um, like we said, Mason Mason would have made a huge difference yesterday from his energy levels, pressing, etc. I think someone like Kante actually being on form yesterday would have been a massive help. He he really struggled, I thought, um, and wasn't surprising when Tuchel took him off. Um, yeah, he just wasn't quite at his usual levels. Maybe it's the it's the, it's the game time for him slightly getting maybe too much. We know what he's like with his injuries, something we've got to manage. Um, but yeah, like, like we've alluded to, we just we were just off the off the pace of it yesterday, off by a couple of yards. Things like when we did get Rom some service or someone spread out to Aspi and he'd get a nod down, win, win the ball from the defender and then Timo was just a yard off the pace to get to the second ball, things like that just didn't quite go our way yesterday. So I think we've we we've covered it all today and just said it's an off day, we'll be back. So yeah, roll on Juve in midweek. Yeah, final thoughts. Staying anything sort to add to, add to that? Do you think you know a different structure and or lineup would have made a huge difference yesterday? And is there a player out who would have aided the side? You know, I know obviously Mason might have made a difference, but yeah, Mason does link, as you said, Mason does link well with if if uh, Lukaku and Havertz are playing also, and Mason really links well with whether it be Kovacic or Kante or Jorginho in, in the two behind. Although I thought Lukaku was quiet, I thought he definitely livened up and looked more dangerous, and Man City's defence looked more nervous when Havertz, Werner and uh, Lukaku was on. I was a little bit surprised. I think Tuchel got obviously blindsided by the uh, that, that second half performance against Tottenham because in previous games against Man City, we have had that, especially in Champions League final, you know, we've had the uh, midfield, you know, to... Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's hard because we were praising Ruben, but if he goes back to the two in midfield, then again, Ruben's not getting much much of a look in, is he, if he's, if he's fourth choice? I don't think so. Yes, or hindsight, I think uh, he, he, we would learn lessons from that. And, you know, we, we said sort of off air, we, maybe we've turned into too much praise for Man City. And I, I, I doubt a Man City podcast would have praised us too much when we beat them in the Champions League. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it's good that we can be level headed and, 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 and truthful and just say we've beat on a better day. And no doubt, Tuchel, cool. if we was playing Man City next week, he would he would tweak it a little bit. But, yeah, it, it, it's all bits and pieces, isn't it? You know, I was sitting next to Clayton from the fan cast yesterday and he was, we was talking about Ziyech and how he could get into this team. And someone who likes, you know, runners in front of him, someone who likes spaces and again, cliche pockets, but he was bought for Frank's tactics and perfect in Ajax with, with, with pacey players in front of him. But unless Tuchel does go to a 4 2 3 1 and puts us more attacking pieces out there, then we're not going to see lots of attacking opportunities and chances. I think he's going to stick to this. It's been proven, this, this, this formation. He tweaks it a little bit, sometimes two, sometimes three. But it's unless something dramatic, drastically happens and we start struggling in games, he will stick with this. But I think he'll go back to the two in midfield when Mason is fit, the two holding. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. I just think, yeah, simply put, just an off day in City were, you know, just levels ahead of us. But, you know... As Dane mentioned, you know, don't let a, you know, don't let ninety, you know, ninety minutes spoil a good, a good day out. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's what we did yesterday. Have a pleasure of meeting meeting Kepa Arifa Balaga at the pub after the game. Lovely guy, lovely guy. Stayed in a, you know, was very kind of us. Took some photos with us and got the opportunity to thank him for his efforts 
this season. So, you know, that kind of made up for the disappointment of yesterday. And then just, yeah, I had a few drinks evening with boys. Just kind of makes it, you know, like the David Branch, people you meet from Twitter. And that's kind of what makes the day just, you know, that bit better. Your football is obviously you want to win the games, you want to have a good time. But when you're out with your mates, obviously, Jack, and are you with your mate yesterday as well, you know, just going pop. It's just, you know, quite nice, sort of, I guess, to be out there. And it does sort of, you know, mean you can get away from the football and just, you know, still have a good, a good time out. So, yeah. yeah disappointing result yesterday but you know we move on and there'll be plenty of good days to come this season plenty of exciting days to come this season and, and we'll be back uh before we wrap up want to thank dane again for coming on it's been a pleasure having dane on top guest uh so dane before you go give yourself one last plug say where people can find you where they can find you know the fan cast and where they can obviously find the went to Kings meadow pod yeah, obviously, I'm at DWIT, uh, the number nine on Twitter. And obviously, as I said, I'm going to show do a bit of this and a bit of that for the Chelsea Fancast. And they're at the Chelsea Fancast. They usually do uh, two podcasts a week. And recently, I, I was invited on to join Dean and Jane and went to Mo King's Meadow. And on Twitter, they're at, at Mo King's Meadow. And yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on it. You know, I love listening to your two's podcasts. You're both insightful, you know, both good, always on, you know, very uh, consistent, you know, very thoughtful. So, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure coming on. And it was nice getting away from Dean, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be with Dean later today, so you can't get away from him for too long. Um, yeah. Jack, pleasure as always. Obviously, this is Jack's last pod before he runs the London Marathon next weekend. He's not on the pod next weekend. I've given him a week off because, rightly, nah. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, Jack, obviously, do you want to give, you know, just a little plug for, you know, you running the London Marathon next week, tell people where they can get involved, etc. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, Dean's actually ho- hopefully helping out with something, but I don't think that'll be sorted until next week. But hopefully, hopefully something will something will happen there. But I'm sure Nick will tweet out the uh, uh, like just giving link, etc. But yeah, I'm run- running my second second marathon next week in London. Um, running for a charity called Nordorf Robbins that uh, provide music therapy sessions to any individual kind of anyone who might be someone who's elderly who's living alone someone who's lonely or they might have dementia people living with autism um, or terminal illnesses or even someone who might have had might have been involved in a car accident or motorcycle accident I've seen stories on Nordorf Robbins page where uh, for example a young lad I think he was only 22 23 was involved in a motorcycle accident um and yeah just completely couldn't speak anymore and the music therapy sessions over a period of about 10 months I think it was actually helped him to begin speaking again so it's yeah stories like that that um get me get get me inspired to to go and raise money for charity um and yeah, I'm looking forward to once I've done the marathon at some point in the future, going to their clinics and yeah, seeing seeing where all the money I've raised, it, what it's going towards, and and how it how it's helping people who who are less fortunate less fortunate than us. So yeah, I'm, I've I've raised almost two thousand one hundred pounds so far, I think, and targeting three three grand. So hope, hopefully, I can I can. Uh, get get further towards that and 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 yeah I'm I'm aiming to aiming to go and run a sub sub three hour marathon hopefully I did 318 two years ago in Brighton um and yeah I've I've yeah I've just been putting in a lot a lot of hard work and training over the last few weeks yesterday after the game when I went out with my friend Daniel and his dad no pints for me. I've I've been uh yeah taking it a couple of weeks off of that. So yeah, I've I've yeah like I said, I've trained so hard and I've just got to give it what I've got on the day. If it doesn't quite, if I don't quite do three hours sub three hours, I know I've I couldn't really have put in any more hard work. I've had a coach this time and a physio, so I've done all done all the right things. Got a team behind me, so yeah, just aiming to try and do that sub three and. From what I've seen online, only only two percent of people uh, who actually run a marathon run under sub three. So it, yeah, it would be quite an achievement and something I'd I'd be able to hold with me forever. So yeah, if anyone's if anyone's in the London area next Sunday and fancies going down for the day, um, everyone's always said how good a day out it is. So yeah, people feel free to come along. 
Yeah, no, Zali, I'll be down there Sunday morning supporting Jack. The Just Giving link will be in the description below. And look, we are hoping sort of to get something, you know, to give away, sort of thank people, you know, for their support. Um, you know, obviously we're just, you know, it's not always the easiest to sort out these type of things, but say we do think we have got something sorted mm. to give away, but we can't obviously, you know, confirm that till it's till we've officially got it. But say the just giving link will be in the description below. And if you do want to donate to Jack, regardless of you know, if there's anything we can give away or not, that is still greatly appreciated. And if, if we can get it sort of, then you will automatically be entered into sort into yeah. sort of raffle to to win um said price. So now I say all support is greatly appreciated hella proud of a boy running a marathon i can do that as i said last night i was i was out till about nine ten of the evening just sinking jaegers and, and with uh, with branches of the boys so fair play to jack he's a very disciplined individual and uh yeah hella proud of him so yeah i'd say he's not that's why he's not pod next week but he's pretty understandable and he's raising money for a great cause doing the london marathon because he's a bit of a madman but it is what it is huge huge <laughs> respect for him I'll so tell, yeah i'll tell you what though boys are like the first game back after the marathon that day or that first night out is going to be a big one i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah exactly it will be it will be um Anyway, going back to sort of wrapping the pod up, as for us, we're on Twitter at that Chelsea pod. We're on Insta at that Chelsea pod. We're on all your usual podcast platform providers. If you enjoy, if you want to leave us a rating and a review, that goes a long way. I say when we're on Twitter at that Chelsea pod, if you like and retweet podcast, it just helps us get us out there to as many you know people as possible. We like to have a wide variety of guests with different opinions, different ages, different backgrounds, try and just, you know, be, I guess be as quite wide as we can in the Chelsea community and we're sort of very lucky you know as a result of doing this we've got to come across people like dane people like chidge people etc who you know give who are always great with us give us their time and it's always a pleasure pleasure recording with them so yeah as say all the all the links all social links will be in the description to say jack's just giving link i'll leave in the description if you're feeling very generous that would be much appreciated until the next episode everybody keep the blue flag flying high sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.